Hello and welcome to the Boxing Life Podcast with me, Tony Jeffries. Today we've got your fantastic episode lined up. Uh, in the house now, we've got Glenn, Mr. Six Figure Holmes. Glenn, how's it going, mate? Doing good. Uh, long day today in the gym. Good to be here with uh, Liam, Tony, Kev. Yeah, excited Kev, for this. How's it going, mate? Doing good, man. Doing good. Uh, just hoping I can keep up with y'all's accents now. I've noticed <laughs> since Liam's here, y'all have kind of gone back to your old ways a little bit. So Yeah, and now we've got to sit next to me. Former WBO world champion, Liam Smith. Liam, how's it going, mate? It's all good, mate. Yourself? Good. Nice to be back. Yeah, it's great to have you here. Great to have you here in Boxing Burn, Santa Monica. And if anyone is watching this on Facebook Live, you can fire away with any questions you've got, and we, uh, we'll answer them as we go. <clears throat> so, uh, Liam, for people who don't know you, I've just introduced you there, former world champ. Can you um, tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, I'm you know former British Commonwealth champion. Uh, I won the WBO champion. October 2015 and unfortunately I lost it last year to you know Canelo Alvarez so you know I'm on the road to try and get one of them world titles back right and you were undefeated world champion before you went in against Canelo right yeah it was my first defeat yeah so that's a, something that a big topic we want to talk about about that Canelo fight because that was a massive massive fight on a world stage in front of millions of people watched that fight you'd done the all access with showtime was it HBO with the hbo yeah. and uh it was fantastic how, how was the build-up to that fight and how was the full experience it was unbelievable the, the whole experience about it you know from the start the fight was announced you know from the, when the fight was first talked about it kind of give you the little the jitters in your stomach and you know the the whole occasion the build-up to the fight, as you say, I had HBO, I had numerous, you know, American camera crews come over to the UK and start filming. And then the fight week, you know, in general was was unbelievable, but something I've never experienced before. And, you know, I can honestly say not many fighters have experienced that, right. you know, 50, 52,000 people in, in an arena. And even the media stuff beforehand, it was, you know, it was constant. It was, it was 24-7 and it was one that... You know, I loved at the time. It was one that I, I, I cherished, and obviously the fight didn't go the way, the way I planned it to go. But it, the whole occasion, I, I can't really, I can't complain. It's one that I say every fighter will have dreamt to be in my position. Yeah. I, I was just gonna say, you seem to enjoy all that build-up. Like a lot of fighters, you can tell that like, in the build-up or the weigh-ins or whatever, they'll, they'll go above and beyond to be like overconfident. And you can see like, oh, maybe it's just because they're hiding like the nerves or they're overwhelmed by it all or whatever the first time they get there. But um, you you seem really chilled out. Like the whole the whole thing seemed to just like, yeah. you know, inspire you. Like. It did, you know, and, and I said beforehand and a lot of people may, may have thought, oh, you know, he's just saying that until he gets there and yeah. know, he'll freeze. But it, I said, you probably had to know me personality and had to know me as a person to, to understand and to believe me. I, I said beforehand and I still... You know, I still stick by it. It was nothing to do with the occasion or the amount of people there. It, it went. The the result was nothing to do with I froze or no, I couldn't handle the occasion. Yeah. You know, I I I kind of think I handled it quite well. And you know, I, I was I was bang up for the fight. I was you know as ready as I could be with with yeah. the preparation I had. He, but uh, it was just one one of them things. Should be really. I mean, if you can't get up for that, I mean. You know, yeah, what, again, what, what you're doing, you know. People, so. were, I was getting, I remember thinking the, the social media stuff and people were praising me for taking that fight and I was yeah. kind of, you know, why why, why are people praising me for taking that fight? Obviously, I knew I was an underdog in the fight, but yeah. 
you know, I was I was the world champion in the fight. So if I was the world champion saying I'm not ready to fight another fighter, I think from my point of view, I don't deserve to be a world champion. Yeah, definitely. So you know, when I when I become world champion, I thought that's it. Now you, you know, I'm ready for all, all comers, and you know, that was why to any fight that would have came, whether it was Canelo, whether it was a Cotto fight, whether it was you know any of the other the, the names who were kind of still above me, although I was I was the world champion, I would have took. Yeah, and you still will. Yes, yeah. definitely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what was it like being in there with him? You've you've had tons of amateur experience and a lot of professional experience, but Canelo Alvarez is one of the one of the biggest names in boxing right now in the world. What was his power like? His speed, his defense. What was it like being in there with him? He was very. He was a very clever fighter. You know, when I got in there, I think there was, you know, there's loads. I could talk all day about about the fight, about you know the the builds up and. Um, you know, I, I don't want to make excuses. It was no excuse at all. But I wish, I just wish I had the camp I wanted to see what how competitive I could have been in what that fight. You know, I, I got cut. The cut that opened oh, on me on me forehead was a cut opened. You know, just over five weeks before the fight. So I went from kind of sparring between eighty and hundred rounds of camp to sparring sixteen rounds, and oh. I just sit and think. You know, the sparring I had, it was it was Calvary that that done the cut. So. I just think if I'd have had maybe the four or five weeks build up of constant sparring with him, which was top sparring, he was fighting Triple G a week before my right. fight. So we could have both bounced off each other. And I just think if I'd have had a good solid four or five weeks of sparring with him, I would have been, you know, in in in, in top shape. And I just think I didn't know until I got in the ring, my timing was off. I think you know people in and around boxing will understand what yeah. I mean by that, but. You know, that, that's no excuse at all. You know, the outcome may have been the same, but I just think the positions of the fight, I, I got the fight I dreamt about for 10 weeks, you know, the style of the fight. And, you know, I didn't really have to go looking for Canelo and he was having his go. And, you know, I, I could have my go back at him. And listen, I'm always confident. If I've got someone standing in front of me, no matter how good they are, no matter how good defensively, defensively they are, I think if I've got you standing in front of me, I will find gaps. I do. I'm confident I've got good variety. So that's one thing that I was... That's probably one and the only thing I was more gutted about than anything. You know, if, right. I, if I'd have had good time and if I'd have been... If I'd have been on form and lost a fight, I'd have, you know, I'd have held my hands up. Yeah. I do. I'm, I'm, I'm a man. I'm not, I'm not a sore loser. You know, no one likes losing, but I lost to a very, very good fighter. But I just wish I'd have had that little bit. Talking about that spawn with Keller Brook, I've seen that. I've got some posted online somewhere... And it looked like you were beating Caleb Brook up in spawn. I know you were talking about that now, but it actually did. I was like, fucking hell, why is this being released? Because it looks like Liam was beating him up in spawn. No, no, it, it, I weren't beating him up. It was soft sparring, to be honest with you. It was very, it was very, it was very good sparring for both, I think. Yeah. People could, you know, he, he's got, Perfect he's very accurate, really. yeah, you know what I mean? I think it, for fighting. both of us, you know, I'm, I'm not saying I'm like Triple G, but, you know, I think I, I, from Caleb coming up from, well to wait. Right. I was, you know, a come forward aggressive fighter for for him. So um, with that cut on your head, how was that mentally before? Were you like, shit, I've not got this spawn? And did, did that get to you? Because that would have got probably would that would have got to me if something like that. But would, did not get to you. You know, if I look back now in hindsight, I maybe should have tried to put the fight back or pull out. But again, I probably thought, you know, I, I was confident of winning that fight going into it. And I Even thought, with that cut and no yeah, spawn. you know, it, I was. I felt sharp as anything on the pads. I think 
you know, it's probably a testament to me, Joe, and the team around me, the, the shape I got in, considering I had no right. sparring. You know, you know yourself, a lot of fighters get fit sparring, but they're doing constant six, eight, and ten rounds sparring. And, you know, I, I, I literally, I've done 16 rounds to fight one of the best fighters in the world. Do you think it, it affected your fitness at all, or was it just mostly the time? No, because that, that's, that's, that's what so I was just going to touch, Jack. I think it was nothing to do with fitness where I got stopped. Yeah. You know, it was nothing to do with the, the condition fitness-wise I was in. It was... I do think a lot of me misspar and played a big factor in it. Like I've, I've, never, I've never been dropped in my whole career. And yeah. Again, I think if I'd have had a good six weeks of sparring and getting your body hard and getting used to you know, getting punched. The last body shot was a very, very good shot, but I personally don't think the headshot or the first body shot would have put me down if I'd have had a good, solid camp. So just going back to his question about Canelo's power, it's not like like freakish power. No, yeah. Like, it's shit, he's just a solid man. Back. He's yeah. just a... You know, me, me dad was saying about him, like, you know, he's kind of like a bodybuilder, you know, he's muscle. Now, yeah. at the weigh-in, I thought, you know what, I'm the bigger man here. Yeah. And I was confident myself in the weight I put on. Yeah. You know, you hear all kinds of rumours about him putting his weight on. But, you know, I was the bigger frame. He was a lot bigger muscle. Mm. And he was, he made me look thin in the ring. Whereas at the weigh-in, you know, if you look at pictures, you know, obviously I was head-to-head to him and I thought, you know what, I'm the bigger man here, but... He, he, you know, I felt thin in the ring next to him. Uh, so you've fought Canelo in this massive world stage, being on the HBO All Access. Obviously, got a, probably your best payday ever. Apart from the the money, how much did your life change from that fight? Even though it never got the result you wanted, did it change much? Um, Within recognition? Uh, no, no, it cha- it never changed the, uh, the things I do. You know, personally, I'm still yeah. doing everything the same day-to-day life, you know, I'm still around the same people. But it, it's changed, you know, I, I, as in coming over coming over here, you know, sitting watching the boxing yesterday, I had Mexicans asking for photos. Really? I never had that before, that wow. fight. Yeah, you know, there was Mexicans in the, in the bar there to watch Leo Santa Cruz and yeah. come over and ask me for pictures. So, you know, before the Canal fight, I never had that. Yeah. Obviously, I was recognised in the UK to, to British fans, but not many people over here outside boxing gyms would have knew who I was and... This was just in a in a in a bar, and the, the Mexicans were there to watch Leo Santa Cruz and come right. over and ask me for the That's photo. So, you know, it's it changed as in I'm getting recognised more, and even even in in the you know in the boxing vicinity and people, you know, I was over in Monaco with to watch my brother fight in Monte Carlo, and you know, I was in the spa downstairs, walked in the sun, and it was Peter Nelson from HBO, and you know, I guarantee if I never had that fight, he wouldn't have knew who I was. Yeah. Obviously, he's the head of HBO boxing, so. He was he knew me from that fight, but again, that's how big the fight was, and you know he, he they they know who I am kind of now. So that's class up. <clears throat> so uh, I'm just wondering now. I mean, because apart from the people that that knew you and from back home, I'd say you probably gained a lot of fans here and gained a lot of respect for the people over in in, in America for inboxing. Do you have uh, interest in wanting to fight over here again? Do you? Or is there any discussions or talks of that? You want to fight over here again? Yeah, again, the, the 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 amount of messages I get on on the social media stuff, like you know, you gain a ma- massive respect and yeah. you've gained a new fan. I've I got them from all over, you know, Mexico, America, and I, w- I was not you know taken back by it, but I just thought in defeat I have kind of gained fans, and I, I think I always would. I always said beforehand that I will I, I will have a style that you you, you were, some people would like to watch. You know, I'm very rarely in a bad fight and. Whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, I don't know, but 
you know, I think people will like watching. I always said the minute I get to America, I think they will like, yeah. you know, like me style. Yeah. But uh, not unfortunately, but I could have picked better fights and made a bit of a name beforehand in America. But yeah. I got my first fight in America was one of the best, you know, in the sport. So yeah. it was, I said it was unfortunate. You know, I, I beforehand I wanted to test myself against the best in sure. in my weight division. So, but now I would I would love to fight here. From now on in, yeah. you know, I, I love it and I love coming here. You know, I think you guys know that I'm here all the time training. I, I would love to, you know, fight out here more often. Yeah, I think it's a refreshing thing for especially uh, American fans of boxing. Just even even the way you handled the defeat is just a refreshing thing to uh, to see because not a lot of American boxers you don't you don't see that you don't see the the humbleness and the you know taking your, your your good wins and your losses as well as as, as you did i think it's a very refreshing thing for people so I'm, i assume that probably gained you a lot of fans here just just based off of that alone because not even outside of of your performance which was really impressive as well it's funny what you say about hum- humbleness because i feel like you and most of the scouts that i know that's doing well the not big edit at all they try to be the opposite they try like they're, they're just down to earth and they're yeah. just cool as fuck like i I think this is like the fourth or fifth scouts fan in the podcast. We had David Price, Paul King, your brother, uh, Paul, now you. Uh, so I think scouts in general are just home. They don't really want to be big at it. I'm sure you know a lot of big at it scouts as well. You, know, <laughs> you probably get a few on the football side, it's you know, a the soccer south, side. It's a north south <laughs> thing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah. Not, not, not if it's like different. Yeah, know. different than north. <laughs> down, down the south of London, there's not a lot of big cocky. <laughs> I'm uh, from a family who wouldn't let me be anything different, to oh, be honest, no, especially, that, especially you know, the mother. Yeah. Yeah. So one thing, if, you, if it's the first time you've seen Liam, I know a little bit about him. Uh, I don't know much about him. Liam's got three brothers as well, who's like world-class fighters, really high-end quality fighters. Uh, Paul is the oldest brother, then you've got Stephen, then you are now the youngest one. He's like, I've just done an interview with the Daily, the Daily Mail in England, and I said... He's going to be the standout fighter of 2017. Your column, he's absolutely yeah. smashing it. Yeah, right? he's doing well. And just to touch on the four of us, I think it's you know it's unique what what we've done. Yeah. You know, back home in England, we four of us have all been British champions. You know, three of us held it at the same time, and I kind of seen you don't realise what how big that is back in England until I seen a, a couple of a couple of months back Luke Campbell, yeah, on on social media saying. And Tommy Coyle, they're bidding to become the first British champion from Hull, right. which is obviously a city in England now. The first British champion from Hull, we had four in one household. Um, yeah. So it, I think until you, you realise, yeah, you don't understand what it means. But once Callum is mandatory now for the WBC super middleweight title, and I think as soon as he fights for that, all four of us will have challenged for world titles. Right. So that that's another that's good quality. good thing in itself. I think. Like du- during the week when we've been uh, speaking, I've noticed, and last time you were here when we were speaking, I noticed just how smart and how much you've got your head seemed to be screwed on around boxing, about the management, about the business side of things. I'm sure that comes down from Paul because Paul's had that much experience. He, he's been probably fucked about a yeah, bit and, yeah. you know, you learn from him. Yeah, it does. It, it, and it's, it's very, very good having the three, you know, the three brothers around me. And right. Again, I, for Callum, it's perfect, even more so than it was for me. You know, we get yeah. all aspects and all angles of, again, what what Paul's been through and, you know, what Stephen's been through. And 
you know, with, with myself, I, I learned one massive thing, and you know, my promoter was my manager. Right. And I didn't realise for so long. You know, again, you grow, you grow up, you you're more wise yourself. But you know, for so long that contradicts itself a little bit, doesn't yeah. it? You know, your promoter wants to pay you as least as he can. Your manager is trying to get you the most money he can. Right. So yeah. you know, man was both man was the same man was the same man for so long. So you know, it, it, it took a while to to you know realise that and yeah, and that happens a lot. Little things, yeah, little things in boxing. It's it's good to to be around. You know, now I've had the big fight, the biggest fight of of, of all the brothers. But beforehand, you know, challenging for me world title, challenging for British titles, because we're so close. I feel as if I've been in these situations beforehand. You know, right. I, I'm sitting in the changing rooms ready to challenge for a world title. I sat with Paul when he was ready to challenge Arthur Abraham in Germany. Yeah. And the nerves I get for me, my brothers and my family, I feel as if I've, I've been here before. You know, I've yeah. been in this situation before, so it calms me that little bit more. Yeah. And so it's like you're getting more nervous watching your brothers fighting yes, for yourself. Definitely, yeah. yeah. So, you know, when, when it is my turn to be there, I feel, you know, I was here last time and I was in a worse state than I'm in now, so yeah, it's yeah. a bit calm. Oh, so I met your Stephen first. We were boxed for England against Ireland when we were 14. I remember I told Paul on the podcast, I was boxing at Paul's weight. He boxed the, the year before against Ireland and I was at his weight and he was walking down. He was, he was like 15, 16 and he was snorting at us because I was his weight. He had a black eye and I was like, fuck, he looks like an odd bastard. <laughs> and then like Paul was done so well as an amateur winning the ABAs and yeah. winning the Commonwealth Games. He, he went to the Commonwealth Games, he got a silver, silver or yeah. bronze. Silver, he lost yeah. to John silver Pascal. Got, yeah. I was there for that fight. And it was like, whoa, Paul is amazing. Then Stephen done really well. He got robbed to go to the Olympics yeah. and uh, ABA champion, done everything as amateur. And then I was like, all right, they've got these two class brothers. Surely they can't have, I know there's four brothers boxing. And then it was you, you, you won the ABAs yeah. and then you turned pro early. Yeah. And I was thinking, ah, he's, surely he can't do anything as a pro, you know, he, yeah. these, these two talented brothers. And then obviously you smashing it. And then they've got the younger brother, the baby brother. That's the bunch. It was just going and just smashing <laughs> the fucking hell. When does it stop? You yeah. know, when yeah. does it stop? Yeah, that, that is, you know, unique again. What I'm saying is you sometimes get a family where, you know, you've got one brother or maybe two brothers box, the other brother is a bricklayer, the other brother right. is, you know, solicitor or some, things like that. You know, we've got four four boys in the family and four of us are all professional fighters and I don't mean to sound what we've just been saying a big other sculpture but <laughs> it's not the four of us have all reached a good level now it's not like we've got three, oh, yeah. two good brothers and two bad brothers or it's all you know we, really, we've all really well again I, I said I could have retired once I won a business title if I was finished the next day I would have been happy you right. know that was the first that was the, my massive thing for me to become bitter champion after me two older right. brothers so we was happy yeah so, next fight you're fighting Liam Williams, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm kind of out of touch with boxing now in Britain. I follow you four, you four boys. I follow all my friends in boxing. Uh, tell us a little about this next fight that's coming up. He's undefeated, as far as I know, right? Yeah, he's undefeated. He, he's he's been coming through. You know, he's a good. He's, he's a talented fighter. He's picking up kind of where I left off. He's everything I keep leaving. You know, he's picked up the Commonwealth title once I vacated. He's British and Commonwealth champion now. Right. He's WBO Intercontinental champion, which obviously I was also. He's unbeaten. He was my mandatory challenger when I was British champion. You know, I laugh about it. Right. You've got to you've got to defend the British title three times for you to own the yeah. belt. 
and I was on two defences and he was mandatory for one year and wouldn't fight me. So he's kind oh, really? of the reason I haven't got a British title at home on the mantelpiece. But, uh, you know, I said I'll settle that score April. I was going to say, because it's been going on for a couple of years, hasn't it? It's been yeah, talked they, about they, for a while. They always said they weren't ready. You know, again, yeah. I think it touches, you know, I've, I've fought everyone being put in front of me and, you know, I was happily fought Liam Williams, but they said they weren't ready at the time. Yeah. Now they feel they're ready. So, you know, we, we will see, but... It's a, it's one that I'm, I'm looking forward to now because you know it's, you look on the social media it's a, it's a massive fight back in back in you know England and yeah. in the UK he's well so a lot of people I've seen picking him to beat me so it's got me you know it's got me teeth into it now and I'm I'm, I'm thinking you've seen something different than me because you know I think there's only one winner but kind of sounds like well, what, you've been you've got in his in his head a little bit in the past when he said he's not ready to fight you. No, that's going to stick with him. Like there's been a re- like you you've kept progressing, you know, as he. You know? Yeah, I I think, you know, you could probably look at it only as in he's a fighter. He probably would have fought me, yeah. but his trainer the and team, his manager you know. is Gary Lockett, and and I know right. he's he's been around the boxing game, and you know he's kind of a clever man. So if he feels he's ready, then you know he might be ready. So it's one that I'll have to be switched on with. It's one I'll have to, you know, it's got, I've got to be hundred percent with sure anything else I'll lose. Yeah, I'm sure you're coming off off um, your last fight. I'm sure your confidence is through the roof to take on anyone now, obviously. I mean, it will be anyway, but having experienced that, um, yeah, do, that's do what you feel like it's a, not not a step back, but like, uh, do, you know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. did you did you hope for something a little bit bigger? I mean, uh, it's, 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 domestically, it's a big fight, but I mean, on the world stage, yeah. would, you, would you have hoped for something a bit bigger? Yeah, I would have, but you know, I think there could be a couple of rewards with winning this. You know, it's, it's, it's a good money fight for me. It's a big, as I say, it's a big fight in, in the UK, so... And it puts you back in the WBO. And picture, you know, he, right? listen, it's it's mad the way it's worked. He's ranked higher than me with the WBO. He's right. three, I'm five, or but I'm one in Britain. He's two, right. so you know, it could put me in in a final eliminator. It might it might be a final eliminator? You yeah. know, you never know. By the time the fight happens, Canelo is not going to defend this title. Yeah, he's fighting Chavez. So right. if he vacates the title before we fight, you know, I'm sure that could be put on the line. As I say, he's he's three, I'm five. So it. it the rewards could be could be good with it, but I think they've took the fight now because I think they're thinking I'm coming on the back of a loss and yeah, yeah. my confidence will be down off that fight, but you know, they couldn't be more wrong. Yeah, yeah, totally. Liam, do you still like boxing? Do you like training? Do you, yeah. do you love it? Yeah. What, what do you not like about it? I've always been one that I don't like running. Right. I, I love boxing, every, every part of boxing, being in a boxing gym, I love. I just hate running, but... No, you can. I like running, track running. I don't mind it all now, but I think I'm a little bit scarred from old days with running because now I don't mind running now, to be honest with you. But I've hated running for years through boxing because I've always been scarred. Where the, every time I've done a run, I've had sweat, sweat, sweat suits oh, on, and you know it's it, it's not comfortable. You know, you know yourself. You put sweatpants on after yeah. 10, 15 minutes of a run, your legs are dying. And yeah. now I don't mind running. You probably all don't mind running over here, it's lovely. <laughs> but it's not it's not bad when you can go running in just a you know, a pair of shorts and t shirt and jacket and just run for you know the, the, the sake of yeah. running. Whereas from the old days where I used to have to do long runs to make weight, it used to yeah. be a bit of a nightmare. I remember you I'm sh- I'm sure it was you. I've had a couple of texts off off boxes before, but I think it was just after you won the British, did you you were texting me about coming and moving over here and living over here, right? Yeah, I was, yeah. And then what well, cause obviously you love it. Here. What was the what? What changed that? Was it you didn't want to leave Jewel or you didn't want to leave the boxing behind? 
Or was that that was before you got this big opportunity to fight? Yeah, it was a lot before. Title. Yeah, it was well before then. It was I got offered like you know kind of a contract out here also, but it just come at so much the wrong time. If it would have came before the British title fights, I would have jumped at it and right. I would have made that move. But as I say, I was British champion and I was getting British title money and the contract I got offered over here. I would have to come over here, go back to six round fights, whereas I've been professional for four or five years, building up to get that British title. It, it would have been... Do you think you'll end up over here when you retire? Yeah, I do. I think, you know, I, I might finish my career over here. <laughs> no, but I, it's one that I've always I've always loved. I think this is the probably the 12th, 13th time I've been over here. You know, I, I, I came on my own. I came on my own last year. Yeah. You know, I, I, I could happily just move here tomorrow if if the circumstances were different. Kev, do you think... Kev, do you think we've got a job for him as a trainer? I was just about to honest. ask that, actually. <laughs> say you got an interest. What, what do you think you'll do when you retire? Do you, do you have any idea? Are you, are you... I think I will stay in, you know, the, the boxing side, so sure. whether it be, you know, the training as a trainer or, mm-hmm. you know, whether I go back to my amateur gym and train, train kids there in that part of it. But I'm, I'm more the sport type out of the brothers. You know, I still sure. play yeah. football, which is obviously soccer over here. Right, right. Yeah, I, I still play football on a Saturday and Sunday. And you just set you know, up that academy too, didn't you? With yeah, we well. set up an academy now with the, with the brothers, which is we, we do the boxing side to it to get educated in the morning. Quality, to tune, yeah, to do the the level ones and stuff. Yeah, and we do the the boxing side to it after they've been been taught the level ones. So Love that. that's something we've we've started on now. That's class, mate. That's class. Great. Do you ever? This this is something that I don't think any boxers really think about when you're boxing, but now I've retired, I've been retired for, what was it, like five or six years, and I thought about after, is the damage that boxing does to your brain, do you ever think about that? No, I think, if I, if I started getting any signs at the moment, then, you know, it, it would, I'd have to seriously think about it, but, you know, at the moment, I'm not, I'm not thinking about that, and I think the minute I start thinking about that, I think it's time to start thinking about right. knocking around the head, when, when I'm getting them thoughts, even thinking, oh, it's not doing me no no good in the long run. Yeah. Then I will I will you know knock it on the head. I'm from too good a family to to, to stay in. You know, yeah. I, I think think too much of my mum to put her through it. You know she hates right. it anyway. Yeah. So imagine her hating it with me having doubts. You yeah. know yeah. if she knows I've got doubts about any things. Yeah. You know I think you know yourself being a boxer and you know yourself being around boxing. You've got to be a hundred percent. You know in it, otherwise yeah. get out of it. And the minute I'm. I, I, the minute I start hating it or right. the minute you know I'm, I'm 28 now so I know I've only got you know maybe four years left anyway regardless so the minute I start having them feelings that you know I don't, I don't like it no more or in the long run is it, is it doing me good then yeah. I'll, I'll get out like I say I'm, I'm, I think too much of my family to put into yeah. it yeah because we, we went to this uh, this what was it it was a movie Premier oh, like, yeah, the the CTE one. Yeah, about yeah. about that. And I was like, fuck, it was all eye-opening. And that, yeah. that asked me, like, did you think about this when, when you were boxing, about the damages? I was like, no. That, that's the last thing you want to get in your head when you're boxing about, is this sparring doing yeah. this damage or, or not? Uh, yeah, I've, I've read a few things, like, there's been questions about headguards. Are headguards good or bad? Yeah. And, I, and I, again, I just think everyone will have their own opinion on it. And, you know, it's obviously... The real, reality, getting punched in the face is not good. It cannot be good for you. So, you know, it's one of them. But unless you, when Wayne McCulloch said it made him smarter, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> He's the only person that's like, that's come up with that answer. I know, because I, I done, uh, I done some maths. So I had 106 fights in me in my full career, 
and I'd done some maths on on how many times I've been punched in the head. And I said, if I sparred, I think it was something like six times for each one of them fights. And then I got hit in the head five times for each one of them spars. And anyway, I worked it out and done the maths and it was being punched in the head over 50,000 times. Tony, you said you didn't want to think about it, man. I know. What are you trying <laughs> to do every time? It's always fun. <laughs> 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 uh, so we haven't got any questions. <laughs> right. Anyway, so... Liam, uh, if anyone wants to find out more about you, where can they find you? Um, my social media is Liam Beefy Smith. It's Twitter and Instagram. It's the same name for both. He's up for some banter as well on there. Banter. Oh, I, <laughs> it was funny. Banter. It was funny. So when, if you know, listen to the podcast where we've got his brother Paul on before uh, before he fought Andre Ward, he told us about a little Twitter story that he had, and I was telling Liam about it just before. He was like, "Nah," he says, "If people give me shit on on Twitter, I just ignore them." But then. <laughs> Two minutes later, he was like, well, I get the phone numbers and I phone them and all that. <laughs> yeah, only a couple. Only if they're close to home. If they're close to home, I just think, you know, you can't be abusing me behind the keyboard and then probably walk past me shopping in town. Yeah, I think, you know what I mean? So I think we've got Scott Quigg here as well. And what Scott was, Scott was saying is like, you, you can't really call a banner if you, if you don't really yeah. know them. Uh, and what is banter? Uh, banter is what you've done with Jimmy Carragher the other day. Yeah, you know, that's me. And I, I know, I know, like, you've got to know people to have banter. It's like, you know, they're going to sit down and be pulling a stool away from them. Yeah. You know, you, you've got to know them to know how they're going to react. Tell us about the Jimmy Carragher thing. <laughs> so, Jimmy Carragher, international, he's a player for Liverpool, huge, huge yeah, footballer, soccer star. He keeps fit now, he's retired from football, but he still trains in the amateur gym, you know, at our amateur club back in England. and I seen his phone on the side of the ring and I seen it was unlocked. So, again, everyone, I'd have done it to one of the friends, one of my normal friends. Yeah. So, just because it was Jamie Carragher, you know, he's a friend and we know him, but just because it was him and because he's a bit of a superstar, I thought, you know, you can't get away with it. You know, you're in the gym with us, so you're getting it as well. So, I, I put a, a tweet on his social media, official announcements coming out of retirement. How do you get into his um, Twitter? His Twitter was just, on just the app and it just logged yeah it's like a boy. boy but then I texted um, I seen him when he when he fight it took him ages to get onto the tweet it must, he must have went on the Twitter for a while <laughs> took him ages his reply was good though he, he blended it a little bit but I texted him then saying I seen him say I've been hacked so I was like you haven't <laughs> but then I texted him I just texted him sorry with a crying face and I, I can't use the language he used but he, he, he said was that you you Blah, blah. <laughs> did so all said, of yeah. that the news get hold of it on like, yeah like, it was in all it was in the papers it was yeah. on all this on on the online <laughs> the newspapers online and i said to him i haven't hacked you i don't know you he said i've changed my password now i said i don't know your password you left your phone unlocked <laughs> <laughs> he thought i knew his password so i thought you yeah, must, must be getting all paranoid thinking i know his password <laughs> <laughs> that's class mate. he tried to get me back you know the next day but Stephen saved me oh you were telling yeah, us he tried to get me back with a um, because I text him again. I text him saying, you prick. Meaning I know what you tried to do. Yeah. And he, he tries to get me, he texts Tisa Canelo for a rematch. Oh, he did. And he texts me saying, um, I nearly got you a rematch then. <laughs> so, uh, lucky that Stephen never pressed send on the tweet. So oh, my brother saved me on that one. <laughs> I don't. I, imagine the, 
the people the shit you have got. yeah the shit that's got off the other people oh, are you joking wanting to fight him again yeah. Yeah. well anyway thanks for listening anything else boys no no it was good that's thanks it. for uh, thanks for coming on Liam oh, thanks yeah for Liam was classmate it was yes. good and, uh, all the best uh, in April thanks John thank you yeah, yeah, you're more than welcome yeah. to come here anytime and do thanks. your training camps and train with us and you've been training with Stephen uh, it's been class so thanks for listening and if you want to follow us on Instagram, it's at Boxing Life. Use the hashtag Boxing Life. And please subscribe to this if you're listening on iTunes or SoundCloud. Until next time, we'll see you later.